And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Welcome back. Glad to have you here. We've got um, a longtime guest on, someone uh, who's been on with us. Uh, he tells me the fourth time. I can't believe it. I believe Matt it is. Jerems. Yeah, he is. hi. Hey, Matt's the number one Cleveland Brown supporter in all of London, England. I reckon in the whole country, actually. I don't yeah, think that, I don't think the only one, probably. Well, probably, yeah, probably one of the only ones. I'm actually wrapped in my Cleveland Browns blanket right now. All right. Yeah, it's cold here. It's really cold here. Wow. Uh, about street photography called Fill the Frame. I rented it and he rented it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I spent the other evening watching it and getting prepared to talk about it. I've never done a movie review. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be the um, a multicultural Siskel and Ebert here, I think. There you go. Excellent. But you won't see our thumbs. No, no, definitely don't. don't see our thumbs. <laughs> but you can make your own assumptions at the end of it anyway. Tell me what you thought, what you got out of it. I, I think, Bob, I, I, it's somewhat of a, of a mixed bag. Um, there, there's good, there's 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 good and and not so good. I I, I think I think the the problem that we're going to have, and I think a problem with a lot of people are going to have, is that this is not the first documentary that we've seen on street photography. You know, the, Cheryl Dunn did one called Everybody's Street a few years ago, which is regarded as the yardstick. It's a really really good, solid hour and a half, hour and three quarters even, I think. Um, documentary with some really good well-known successful published street photographers and it's really good um, it is. it's really i mean you know everybody that's 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 interested in street photography would have seen that documentary they would also have seen the one on winogrand that was out on pbs last year i think maybe the year before you need to see that one because that is equally as good there's a couple of Vivian Meyer documentaries out there. There's one that the BBC made, and then there was one which John Maloof, the guy who who bought all those negatives, he made it as well, made one as well. So there's 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 quite a lot out there, and you know I think if we're honest, most people have seen those. Now, if you're in the minority there that hasn't seen any of those, then I would probably suggest renting out Fill the Frame. Um, because there's stuff in there you could probably learn, but it's not going to blow your mind. And that, I think, is probably a fair thing to say. I guess I have like three categories. I mean, I liked it, but there's, well, there's some good things. There's some not so good things. And then I have a, a list of a few like to have seen things. Right. Yeah, same here. I thought it was... I've seen everybody's street and I thought it was kind of a rehash of everybody's street takes place in New York. Yeah. Uh, which is a great place to do a documentary on street photography. Cause there are so many street photographers there, you know, here's a fact, a little known fact. You can't swing a dead cat in New York city without hitting a street photographer. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. That's, um, so, which is good. And I could see, I mean, you, you're in the, uh, in the, in the video business, so you know what it costs to, to produce a program. And- yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's where this, this lies because I mean, you know, I've been, been in the film business now for about 20 years 
and you know this is the best thing about it is the is the the quality of the, this is a very high production quality documentary there's no question you know the, the the people that behind this knew what they were doing the branding is good the flow the story is good it looks great the music's great um it, it it's it's got a lot going for it in the sense that you know aesthetically it's a pleasing documentary to watch my problem is probably the the content within and how they selected it um I, that's what i have a, a a problem with to be honest with you i i wouldn't speak or interview jeff Melmelstein and not show any of his pictures i wouldn't speak to meryl meisner and not show any of her pictures they're great photographers why wouldn't you put their pictures in there and and ultimately you're looking at an hour long documentary which i think suffers in comparison to everybody's street and it's because everybody's street and everybody's seen everybody's street that they're going to watch this and go well it wants to be everybody's street but it's just not as good as that how you made a good point about Meryl. I was excited to see she's in there. I know her. I like her a lot. Yeah, she's fan- and and she's fantastic. Interesting person. Yeah. And she was probably in there for about two minutes. But everybody, pretty much everybody, they showed very little of their work. And I respect them a lot and I like their work a lot. They didn't show their best work. Right. If at all. And I think this is one of the things that I would say uh, would be nice to have is to spend more time sitting down with them and going through some of their specific pieces and talking about them, the background behind them, you know, what was in their head when they were taking the photo. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, more storytelling. Yeah. There was, there was, there was, there was, there was none of that. And, and like, I mean, I can't speak of, of their portfolios. I don't know how good or how bad their portfolios was. My, my opinion and it is just my opinion. Remember, you know, you don't have to agree with me. Um, is that the, the 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 pictures for the most part were bang average? I didn't see anything there that made me go, "Oh shit, that's really good." Like you did with the Winogrand doc, or Everybody's Street, or the Vivian Meyer doc. You'd look at that and go, "That is a great picture. That is an absolute banger of a shot." And I, I, maybe there were three or four really good pictures. I can't remember even who the photographers were, but there were maybe three or four really good pictures. And Jonathan Higby is doing something that's genuinely new and different with street photography. Mm-hmm. And I do, I do appreciate what he's doing, but everything else I thought was really rather bland. And, um, I was really disappointed because I think like everybody else, I was looking forward to this. I think we've been waiting three or four years for it now. And, um, I just, at the end of the hour, which again, I had a problem with as well. One hour. Um, I just was feeling rather underwhelmed. And um, yeah, like you said, you know these these people's work better than I do, Bob. And, you know, if they're not showing their best work, you have to ask yourself why. Yeah, that's why I said I think it would have been nice if they spent more time with them talking about what they've done as opposed to, well, it's nice to follow them around the street and, and see how they you see how they shoot. It's not a real situation, obviously, because right behind you is somebody with a video camera. But there's a lot of things I did like. What did you like and, about it? Well, I've interviewed a number of the people who were in there. So it was, it was nice to see them talking and telling their personal story. And it's nice to see them get 
some wider exposure for their work because I, I do think they're quite good, Lauren Wells being one of them. Um, so it's just good to see these people. And then uh, one thing that, that I, I really liked was uh, Paul Kessel. Right. And I've seen his work, um, a photo of his, by the way, it's called Q Train. It's a picture of a woman on the subway with two little kids. Won the uh, Miami Street Photography Festival Award. I had seen it before that. First saw the photo on a Zoom event that was put on by Focus on the Story in the uh, Washington, D.C. Street Photography Collective. And that was one of the photos they discussed. When I saw it, it, it just blew me away. And then I saw it again when uh, uh, when he won in Miami. And I always thought, I, I want to learn more about this guy. And then I saw him in the uh, film. And here he's actually older than me, which is nice to see. <laughs> and I went to his website and looked at his work. And it's he's really good, really good. He, he did a series of um, self-portraits. Because he's, you know, stuck in his apartment in New York. Right. And they're hilarious. With a, He did them with a bunch of um, heads from uh, mannequins and pieces of mannequins. Just just hilarious. So creative. So, you know, so I, I got that out of that. And then, uh, yeah, and also Jonathan Higby. I've, you know, I've seen his one photo, the one with the blue bray from this guy's phone. I've yeah, seen yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. And... I go, oh, that's the guy that made that photo. And so it was nice to learn more about him and what he does. So he was, he was, he, I think he was the highlight for me um, because he's, he, he's, he was, you know, he was a good talker. He's told an interesting mm-hmm. story um, and he's, he's genuinely doing something new and a bit different with street photography, which I appreciate. And I, I think he was, he was the highlight for me, I think. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I liked it too. And I'm going to learn more about him. Maybe we can get him on uh, in the magazine sometime. Yeah. 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 He'd be a good guest, I think, because he's got a good story as well. But I, I just overall did that, for example, for, for, for Paul's picture was, did that, I can't even remember. Did he actually make it into the, into the documentary? Well, you know what they, they did. I think he was holding it up. Oh really? Okay. I can't Yeah. Remember. And so we didn't see a lot of, still frames of photos and i didn't see a lot of that or if i did i don't remember it i, I just i just I, the thing is i think there was there was probably was quite a few photographs in there i just think that they were underwhelming i don't think they were all that memorable and um yeah well that's what i feel about it anyway i just have just felt slightly aggrieved that that you can watch everybody's street for free now on youtube you know, somebody has posted it up for free. I'm not suggesting that you do that. I think you should pay for it. But, you know, the, 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 you can see so much out there that's really good for little or no money. <laughs> well, you know, I tell you what, but, you know, I'm happy to pay for it because it, you know, helps support his work. Absolutely. You know what? He's an independent filmmaker and it, he's worthy of support in that respect. And it looks good. It, it, it looks good. And if you really are hungry for anything to do with street photography, you should watch it. And maybe you'll learn something because they do touch on the greats as well. You know, they, they, you know, they do flick through the winner grand and Vivian Meyer and, and obviously they do speak to Jeff Mermelstein and Merrill as well. Um, so you are learning something. I just don't know if you'll be looking at the photographs and thinking that's what I want to shoot. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm just, I was just a little bit disappointed with it. You know, if I'm honest, okay. um, you know, it's, 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 
there's so much out there. It, it, it suffered by comparison. If there was nothing out there, if that was the first documentary you'd watch, you'd look at it and go, oh, okay, I see what's going on. And then, you know, and they, that, that will give you a good starting point. But because there's so much content out there now already, I just think, mm, you know, it was, it was, it was on a, it was, it was on a sticky wicket right from the off, really. So, well, I liked it. I'm glad I watched it. And if I had to do it over again, I would do it. Did you rent it or did you buy it? I rented it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I rented it. Yep. Well, there you go. And I, I'm glad I rented it because it supported, helps, you know, support an independent filmmaker. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm not, you know, riddled with regret or anything. I just wanted something better than that. So what else is going on? Well, um, I got rid of my Leica Q2, did I tell you? Well, actually, I was going to ask you about that. I knew that you did. And it seems like every time I turn around, somebody else I know is buying one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the photos look really good. They Maybe, are. Yeah. Um, so why Yeah, why did you move on? Well, I mean, there, there are a few reasons behind it. One was, I mean, let me first say that, that the time I spent with the Q2 was time well spent. I did love using it. Um, I just really, it was just complete overkill. I mean, it, it really was overkill to, for a camera like that. You'd think, oh, well, this is a, a little unit that's made for street photography. In every, in, in a lot of respects, it is. It's, it's, it's weather sealed. It's got a gorgeous lens. It's well made. It's very intuitive to use. It's beautifully made. It's obviously it's every bit of a Leica experience that you would want. Um, I just, it was complete overkill for me. I'd go, I'd go out from a day of shooting and my computer would be weeping with the weight of these <laughs> files. I mean, they were just absolutely bloody massive. I remember there was, there was one that was, I think it was 170 megabytes, one image, one image. And I just remember thinking, I, I don't, I don't need, I don't need images that size for street. You know, I mean, I was I was using a X Pro One ten years ago with sixteen megapixels, and was completely happy with that. And I'm thinking, well, forty seven megapixels is complete overkill. And also, I missed. I, I didn't realize it that much, but I missed using my twenty four, which I've got a sixteen mil equivalent of. You know, the the Fuji, the yeah. 16, sixteen mil. Yeah. Um, and I miss going that, that bit wider. I miss that. And I miss the, the Samyang 12, which gives me an 18 mil. So I miss that as well. And around about the time, and we're talking about the summertime now, Leica had a shortage of Q2s, um, to buy new. And I was seeing the price of the used ones going for like a couple of hundred quid less than what they were new because they were, they were, they were Leica weren't making them fast enough. So, um, I literally lost 200, 200 pounds on it. I've decided oh. to sell it and uh, I lost 200 pound on it. And it's a cheap um, rental. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 Cause I had it for five or six months and you know, and um, lost 200 quid on it. So it lovely camera. I would never stop anyone from buying one. Um, but I think if I was to go down that, that route again, I'd either get the Q, the original Q, which has more manageable files, or I'd get the monochrome. I think the monochromes look really nice, but it would be the the old 246 monochrome, the 24 megapixel one, and uh, and maybe do that. Um, 
so now I'm back to, you know, I'm just using the Fuji almost exclusively now. That's it for me. You know, I came so close to pulling the trigger on the Q. And I, I was going to get the original Q because you can get them for a decent price. You yeah, use. you can. Yeah, you really can. You know, but, two or three grand. Yeah, with my Fuji, though, I've been shooting wider. I, I, I bought the 16, uh, the F2, which is still fine. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then I bought the 14, which I just love. I've just bought the 14, the 2.8. Yeah, 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 the the, the 14 2.8. I have a 16 too. Mm. Uh, yeah, both really good, really good lenses, aren't they? Yeah, and I have the Samyang too, which I don't use a lot, but right. Um, the 14 is beautiful. And, you know, uh, what I didn't even realize is is you can switch it to manual focus just by pulling that little collar back. Yeah, yeah. There's right a, there's on the fly. I know. That's great, isn't it? It's really, really good. And um, the 23 does that as well. The 2314, the 1614 does it, and the, and, and the 14 uh, 2.8 does it as well. Wow, I thought about getting the sixteen one four, and I still might. I don't know. Yeah. Do you have that, or you have the F two? I do. I do. I, I had the two point eight for a while, uh, and now I've got the one point four. And it's right what they say about it, Bob. It's a really, 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 really nice lens. So you sold your two point eight, and, yeah. and bought the one four. Okay, and it's yeah. worth it. Huh? Yeah, definitely worth every penny. Beautiful. Okay. Really, really, really nice lens. Yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Well, you'll love the 14 when you're finally allowed out of the house. Yeah, I know, whenever that's going to be. I mean, it, it, this is the thing. London is completely empty right now. There's virtually no one around. Um, so, you know, before the lockdown got really serious, this is the third lockdown now. Um, I'd go into London on the odd occasion and walk around at night, which was actually kind of interesting because London at night is never quiet. And I took some lovely pictures around the Soho area, which is mm -hmm. which is normally bustling with people, and there was nobody there, and that was quite interesting. But by and large, London is a depressing city at the moment. There's nothing going on. <laughs> I I never thought I'd say this, but it really does miss the people. Yeah, you don't know until they're gone. I guess right, huh? right, exactly. You know, I used to same as everybody used to bitch and moan about the tourists and bitch and moan about rush hour and bitch and moan about not being able to walk fast enough because there were so many people in front of me, and now I'm crying out for it. London really. It, it doesn't do lockdown very well at all. And I'll be, I'll be glad when, when the people are back, I really will. So how long does it take you to get into the city? Oh, not long. It's on a train. I Cause I'm on a village line. It's a very slow line. It takes about 25 minutes to get in the center of town, which is virtually nothing. It's really, I just sit on the train and, and 25 minutes, half an hour. I'm there. It's, it's very, very easy. Yeah. I'm thinking about going up, to washington dc i'm two hours away we have um our amtrak started running every day again it wasn't which made it impossible to go up and back in the same day so i'm yeah. thinking of going up there but i hear not much going on there either no no now the proud boys are gone what am i gonna do oh yeah god bless them <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna go there but we definitely aren't gonna go there Holy <laughs> but crap. uh I don't know. There's an area, uh, DC still has to be pretty busy in the Chinatown area. And it's not too far from union station. So once see the, the Chinatown uh, area be really good right now because it's Chinese new year today. Well, the day we're recording true. this, the, the 12th right. of February, it's Chinese new year. So happy new year. Yeah. Happy new year to you. It's the year of the Spring ox festival. Huh? It's the year of the ox. 
Oh, you're the ox. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought you were speaking uh, Mandarin too. Scottish for <laughs> <laughs> Mandarin with a Scottish accent. There you go. There you go. You're you being one. There you go. Exclusively for your editor. That's right. Look, watch out, Russell. Yes. <laughs> He's getting punchy. It's evening time uh, over there. Yeah. That's yeah. It is. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a quiet year. I mean, I didn't do that much street photography last year. I don't think anybody did. Um, but it, I tell you what I did do actually, and I've never done this before is I started selling pictures. Yes, I know. Yeah. And you very kindly, one. yes, you did. And I appreciate that. I, I, and, and I, it's been probably the most satisfying thing that I've done during lockdown, a, a year of, of hardly any highlights. That's been one of them because, you know, I, I sold out of all my pictures, which, which was incredible. I never thought I would say that. So um, I'm very pleased about that. Did very well with print sales. I didn't do it to make money. I didn't make lots of money. It wasn't why I did it. It was just literally to try and keep being creative. And uh, and it worked out. I sold a, sold a lot of prints, which was really, really good and yeah. surprising. And they look good. Well done. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm very proud of them. Very, very proud of them. So is there a book in your future? No, no. No, I don't think so. I, I I did it purely because I, you know, just to see if anybody would be interested, and um, and they were, and and it wasn't just the, the one that you bought, which was the under Eros one, which was the guy under the statue. Mm-hmm. Um, I did another series, uh, a winter series as well, which was very well received, and I'll be continuing to do that. I'm going to sell probably a couple of sets a year, and that's it. Um. And uh, there seems to be a market for it. And I would suggest to anybody out there that isn't shooting at the moment, and I know there's probably lots of you, is to go back through your archive and see what you've got. And maybe there is something that's marketable there because it's quite fun imagining your stuff up on other people's walls, especially, you know, when they're in other countries. It's um, it's really a good feeling to know that your work is up, for example, in, in Virginia where you are or in Cleveland where I used to live. Um, it's always a nice thought. So definitely don't write it off selling selling prints is sometimes a a good way to keep active and creative yeah that's a good idea and you just did it just like person to person you didn't have it up on a website where you place an order no i I literally did it on my my i know i've got a tiny instagram following i practically nobody follows me and it's the same on on facebook it's really um mainly friends on Facebook and a lot of friends on Instagram, but mainly just other photographers that I know and like. And I literally just, yeah, just did it through there. I didn't set up a a shop or, or anything like that. I do have an Etsy shop, but it's for, you know, the, the, the famous people that I've taken with work really more than anything. Um, but the, all the stuff, the street stuff and, and capital faces stuff was all done via my Instagram and via my Facebook. I've talked about him before on here. Matter of fact, uh, we featured him last year, Chris Suspect up in uh, Washington, D.C. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He really is. And he just did it. He did a series of four small books that he basically pre-sold uh, or took pre-orders for. And he did, you know, he did a, like a limited run and did very well with them and then did a second printing of several of them and worked out really well. Uh, he yeah. has a good social media following and I, you know, I think he's just a good marketer. Yeah. That's, some, that's something that I'm pretty crap at. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, you know, like I said, I've got a very small following and, um, 
and I'm and I'm absolutely fine with that. It was literally just, and it wasn't like I printed off hundreds of each picture. It was like thirty of this one, twenty of that one, twenty of that one, and uh, I, there's no way on earth I have enough good pictures to make a book, a very thin pamphlet maybe. There you go. But there you go, maybe a two-page pamphlet, a retrospective. <laughs> yeah. So you're not working on the street much like everybody else. I know I've just been, I've been going for walks in the woods. Yeah, I've been taking, and, yeah, I've been taking pictures of my home village. Um, and yeah. and that's another good thing that's come out of it. I, I never, ever walked around my village. I never even knew what was in my village. And um, I've taken some nice pictures of the fields and the hills around my little village in Hertfordshire, which has been quite nice. Um but yeah, I can't wait just to get back stuck into the city life again. That's what I'm really looking forward to now. Yeah. So how much longer is this lockdown going to last this time? Well, here we are. We're approaching mid-February. The numbers are going down. The, the inoculations are going up. Um, most of the people in the UK are behaving themselves as far as wearing masks and, and trying to be responsible citizens. There was a bit of a lapse over Christmas and New Year, which we all expected. Um, but the, the infection number has gone down. It's now well under one. So I'm hoping maybe in two or three weeks, they'll step back a little bit and, and maybe give us a few more freedoms than they are now. It's still going to be a weird year. I don't know. Even by the summer, I still don't know what we'll be allowed to do, but, um, hopefully in the next few weeks, they will have pegged things back a bit and we can just sit in a coffee shop and have a cup of coffee. We can't even do that at the moment. We can't watch a movie. We can't go to the shops. We can't do any shopping. We can go to the supermarket, but you know, we can't do the normal things that we used to love doing. All the pubs are shut. All the restaurants are shut. And, um, it's, it's tough going when it's cold outside, you know? Yeah. That gets old really fast. Yeah. Big time. And here almost a year ago, we thought, well, you know, we'll lock ourselves in for 10 weeks or 10 days or whatever. What, yeah, 14 days. Yeah, 14 yeah. days and, you know, the, the virus will go away and this will be over. Didn't work out that way. No, it didn't. Here we are. We're going to be, yeah. Literally, it was this almost this time last year where I'm looking at the numbers and seeing, oh, 18 people got it today. Well, that's not enough. Yeah. And, and literally within two or three months, it, it was, you know, 80,000 a day, 100,000 a day, 140,000 a day. And, you know, it's, it, it got more serious. And then, of course, we had a new strain with this one as well, the, the UK strain of coronavirus, which was even more contagious than the than the Chinese version. So yeah, thank that was you a for bun- that, by the way. Yeah, you're welcome. The yeah. gift that keeps on giving. And, um, yeah, so there's there's that to contend with as well. So, you know, it's, it's, we're getting there. There is light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, I'm six, eight months ago, we had no idea what was going on, but at least we do now, you know, and, and things will get better and hopefully we'll be out there and shoot. And I know I tell you for one, I'm, I'm, you know, the moment I'm allowed to, I'm never leaving the streets. I'm literally going to be shooting every day for months. Yeah. Oh, you know what? One of the things I wanted to ask you about speaking of that. Okay. So you got... This is this is my own personal personal knowledge. So you, you have the Fuji X Pro Three. That's right. And if you had to do it all over again, would you still get it? Um, I've got the X Pro Two. I like it. Doesn't have all the bells and whistles as the new one. 
Well, I had the two as well. I, I bought the original X Pro One. I was one of actually one of the first people to buy one in yeah, the UK. I had two. I had two in, of them. In, yeah, great, great cameras. Still the best for black and white. I think those original yep. X Pro ones. Um, would I do it again? Would I do it again? That's a really, really good question. I mean, yeah, probably would actually. You know, the the, the Fuji isn't perfect but it's near perfect for me and i do think the x pro 3 is is super fast it's super responsive um it gives i think for the streets let's face it you don't need 47 full frame megapixels on the street you really don't no you don't and 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 you know 26 on the x pro 3 is plenty my computer is grateful and uh, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think I probably would. The Fuji's, the whole Fuji system, maybe it wouldn't be an X-Pro3. Maybe I'd go with the X100V and get the wide adapter for it. Maybe I would get an X-T4. I don't know. But I'm, I'm really happy with the X-Pro3. I like the rangefinder style. Yeah, it works for me. I've got, I've got no reason to change, really. Yeah, that's good to know. At the time, you said, I think that's the only camera you ever wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's perfect for me. The, you know, I dip my toe into the Leica cues, and, I, and I've got no, I've got no regrets about it. It's just I didn't need that, and you know, it's it's a five grand camera, and I'm just thinking this is just too much. It's just too much. Yeah, what if somebody takes it? Yeah, yeah, there, there was always that, and you know, it was it was I enjoyed it. I've got no regrets about getting a Leica Q2. Um, but I'm really happy with with the Fuji X Pro Three. I think it's superb, and I love my lenses. You know, the 14 mil, the 16 mil, the 23 mil 1.4, 35 mil 1.4. Got the 56 1.2 as well. Some of the greatest primes out there at the moment are with that Fuji system. So I shouldn't be too critical at all, really. So it's 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 served me very very well, and um, you know, all those pictures that I sold were taken on that, so I should be happy. You know, I was. Um... I interviewed a guy the other day, uh, Nicholas St. Pierre, I would drop his name. By the time this one comes out, you've already seen his stuff. But he did he did this wonderful series in Cuba a couple of years ago on a on a train. It was called the um the Hershey Electric Train. It was owned by the Hershey uh candy company for mm-hmm. for hauling uh sugar cane up to right. so he rode on the train, took some wonderful photographs. And I'm and I'm looking at him. I go, God, I think he must have shot this with a Leica. These these are just beautiful. So I asked him. I said, Well, so would you shoot this with a Leica? He goes, No, it was a Fuji XT1 with the kit lens, the eighteen to fifty five. Eighteen to fifty five. Yeah, you go. You see. And I go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There Enough you said. Go. Thank there you. you. Go. And and it, I mean, but it but it's absolutely true. In fact, the one of the pictures that I did sell wasn't taken with the fuji it was taken it was um a snowy picture of of a red bus i think i may have sent it to you actually it was a red bus in the snow uh on regent street and i, I don't know whether i sent that to you or not but um that was taken on a little one inch sensor a little samsung nx mini just a little point and shoot that i used to have in my pocket yeah and um you know when i couldn't lug about my gear i used to have a little just a little point and shoot and it was the NX Mini, and that's a one-inch sensor, and that's a beautiful picture, gorgeous picture. It's one of my favorites. So, yeah, it, it, you know, there, there is such a thing as overkill. And like I said, I would never stop anybody from, from getting a Leica, and I, I would buy one again. But 
I just don't think I want 150, 170 megabyte files. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Then you've got to go out and upgrade your computer. Yeah. And I, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, no. It's not needed. Hey. Not needed. Yeah. Now, since we're talking about gear, you know, I uh, I did spring for the new uh, Mac, new MacBook with the uh, M1 chip. Oh, yeah. How are you finding it? I like it. Um, although I haven't run Photoshop or Lightroom on it yet, which they don't have versions for it. Uh, I, I think they have some beta versions, but I do like it. It's instant on just like the, um, uh, just like the iPad, right? which is really cool. It's very fast. It's the same box and everything as the, the MacBook pro, which I hadn't had one in a while. Um, I'm not sure about the keyboard yet. Right. Sometimes I hear some people don't like it, but like them. But uh, um, but I've been really pleased with. It. I just got one of the stock ones. I didn't get one with lots, lots and lots of memory. Just eight gig of memory and five twelve right. and on the drive. But uh, see that that's what you want is you want a decent SSD, don't you? Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. and that that's that. I mean, I've got that. I've got the um, I've got a really old uh, mid twenty fifteen, fifteen incher. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I mean, it's great, and I love it. I love the Retina screen, and love the way it behaves with Light Lightroom, and uh, it does everything I want it to do. But it is still coming up to six years old, and you know those files weren't going down too well. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. Although you can get an external SSD for a good price now, but uh, you can, you can. But you know what? Those those are classics. They you know they've got all the ports on them. Yeah, yeah. I do love it. I do love it. I've got no reason to get rid of it because it served me so well. It served me so well, and and I treated it badly buying a Leica Q. <laughs> I've apologized to it every day. Yeah, it's choking on those things. Exactly, exactly. So, Matt, so what else is going on? Anything, you know, uh, what, what are you going to do? Well, I guess you already told me what you're going to do as soon as you can get out of the house. Yeah, I mean, you just got to lie low, really. Um, it was a good the whole the last year has been a good time to go through archive that's been one of the best things to do and i'm sure i'm sure lots and lots and lots of people have done that have gone through their archive to see what you may have missed and it's been a nice it's been a it's been a pleasant thing to do there's been some nice surprises along the way um you know printing your work has been another good use of time i think yeah. it's really important to print your work uh, even if you're not going to sell it, it's still really important to print your work because who knows what's going to happen uh, to, you know, in the future. But but I think, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I just, my flat has never been tidier. I've learned to bake bread mm. uh, and that's made me very fat. And, <laughs> you know, it's it's, look, it's just, it is what it is. Everybody's in the same boat. I'm probably, you know, I don't have kids that I've got to educate or feed or put food on their table with bills to pay like that. It's just little old me in this flat. And, and, you know, it's, yes, it's miserable and tough sometimes and gets a bit lonely, but there are, there are so many more people worse off than us. That's for sure. Absolutely. You know, the people around you, if they're safe and healthy, what else can you ask for right yeah, now? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, touch wood, I've lost no one close to me with the COVID, which is what I take as a blessing. And, um, yeah, it's just a it's just a question of you know hunkering down and 
getting it over with and knowing that the end is coming. You know, it's it's with the soon they'll everybody will be normal and everything will be normal and we'll be able to do everything that we did before, probably with a new appreciation. I know I know that'll be the case for me. That's right. You won't be complaining about the tourists anymore. Absolutely. I'll be shaking all their hands walking down Oxford Street. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Thanks so much for coming. Great to see you. Fist bump. Do the fist bump. Do the fist bump. Elbow bumps. I'll give them a hug, actually. I'll be able to by then. (laughs) Especially all the ones from Ohio. Yeah, the ones that actually have passports. Absolutely. God bless them. Hug a Buckeye day. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Except it's got to be a bobcat, not a Buckeye. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind. It could be a zip. (laughs) <laughs> if they're from akron i'm fine with that yeah, yeah you know all right well matt thanks again thank Appreciate you Bob. the time always nice to chat with you yes it's great to chat to you as well it always is and and i hope everybody is well and safe in your part of the world